0: Try, try to forget I lie. I, I, I might on it. Ride it the Welcome back to the show. We've got a big one lined up for you. a very delayed recap of the national championships. Uh, our thoughts on the first team all-American selections um, and of course uh, we have jo- job rumors. But, A.T., let's go through the headlines uh, since uh, we've taken a week off from everything. Uh, First headline, Ryan Martin named head coach of the Hartford Hawks, formerly the associate head coach. He is uh, associate head coach. He assumes the role of head coach, replacing Peter Lawrence, who left to become the COO of NXT down here in Pennsylvania. Well-deserved and no surprise here, A.T. Am I correct on that?
1: Uh, No surprise. Very well-deserved. I think it's the right hire. You know, Pete Lawrence did an awesome job during his eleven years at Hartford. He really did. He took a a bare bones, basically like high school program, and took him to two NCAA tournaments. Uh, Most recently, knocked off number four Albany at the time this past year in two thousand seventeen or two thousand sixteen. It's just great. I, I love watching when assistants get an opportunity, you know, to take over a program after the program does well, you know, they could have gone out and, you know, interviewed a ton of people and, and brought in a different guy with head coaching experience. And Hartford is one of those programs where, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's an assistant coach's job to get their initial head coaching experience there. It's one of those type of jobs. So I was glad that it worked out the way that it did. And I'm, you know, confident that Ryan is going to uh, continue to build on what Pete's done. And uh, those guys deserve a lot of credit. That's not an easy place to recruit to or an easy place to win in conference when the cost of Hartford is four times the amount of Albany. money that it costs the state universities of Albany, Binghamton, UMBC. UMBC. Right. You know, Bing, uh, it, it's just it's 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 night and day. Those those other schools, those SUNY schools and UMBC have a raging advantage in the recruiting process over Vermont and Hartford. And so for Vermont and Hartford to be playing in the final speaks volumes about the job that Pete Lawrence and Ryan Curtis and their staff did. So I was like I was like that they uh that they named him.
0: Absolutely. Saskatchewan Rush win the NLL championship of a score 11 to 10 over the Buffalo Bandits. Jeff Cornwall nails the breakaway goal with 12 seconds left in regulation to secure the Rush's second consecutive world championship. In uh, third in the headlines, Taylor Cummings and Dylan Malloy win the Tawarton trophies on yes. Friday night. No surprises on either end. Taylor wins her third in a row. Not sure if anyone, I mean, in the women's game, I I feel like, you know, uh, trainer, the girl from Syracuse, you know, she was just as, you know, powerful in the sport, uh, as Taylor was, but I'm not so sure you're ever really going to get a three-peat ever again. Uh, but of course on the men's side, Dylan was the overwhelming favorite to win the award. Uh, Brown faithful must be pretty pumped
1: about this one. AT, what do you think? Totally. This kid, we've covered it all year long. Right. It was, uh, I I thought it was a, a you know, a one man race with Miles Jones way out in front going into the season. Then I thought it was Miles Jones and Connor Canizero. Yeah. And then Dylan Malloy just continued to put up astronomical numbers. And he just pulled away from it as the other guys kind of fell off. Yeah. You know, Yale lost in the, the first round of the playoffs. Ben Reeves was a stud. He had a great year but he wasn't going to you know he, he was he was he was good to be in the top 5 that was that was really good yep. but he wasn't going to win the award you know Matt Landis is a defenseman which makes it tough but a defenseman that loses in the quarterfinals th- that makes it tough as well yep. you know uh Michael Quinn the stud defenseman from Yale he got hurt and you know Miles Jones fell off he he had a terrible Last game in the playoffs right. against Loyola, right. so this was a this was a no brainer for Dylan Malloy and as a Brown alum, I couldn't be happier that we get a whole another year of Dylan Malloy. Um, what a what a talent! Before
0: we go into the championship weekend recap, AT I have a new game that we must play Great. Uh, for all the people out there. Great, um, we actually had a dry run at this and AT failed miserably uh fail <laughs> thanks <laughs> you're all right fail miserably <laughs> but the game the game is called and you guys can play uh out there uh with us here but the game is called d2 d3 or mcla uh it's very very simple i name the school and at tells me whether it's a d2 <laughs> d3 or mcla program so i'm going to give them 10 schools and here i'm going to add in a bonus at if you get it right then you have the second opportunity to tell me Tell me which state the school is in Jeez. as a bonus. Oh, yes. So here we go, AT. You, got, you ready? you yep. you're all stretched out here. Uh, yeah. Here we go. Number one, Briarcliff College.
1: Briarcliff College. Um, D3.
0: MCLA. And <laughs> it's already Just, happening.
1: Oh, no.
0: Number two, Christopher Newport University.
1: That's D three.
0: Nice. Now for the bonus, can you guess what state? What was the name of it again? Christopher Newport University. <laughs> this it would help. Maryland you. Maryland. No, it's in Newport News, Virginia, AT. Oh, random. Yeah.
1: That's where Michael Vick and yes. and uh, AI. AI. AI and right. Ronald Curry, who is <laughs> a two sport first team USA Today. High school all American in football and and point as a point guard at hoop. Newport News has had some unbelievable athletes come through there. Michael Vick, yeah, Ronald Curry, yes, those guys and those guys were right around the same time. Ronald Curry actually ended up going and going to North Carolina, where he was a stud point guard. Uh, I love I, I followed that guy. He was a stud. That's random.
0: <laughs> Fort Lewis College, at D two. MCLA. Ugh. Ugh. Humboldt State University.
1: MCLA, man.
0: Yes, <laughs> it is. For the bonus, can you guess what state it's in?
1: Cali, bro. Uh,
0: yes. You got two on that one. That was good. That was good. That goes into turquoise. I, I highlight that one as turquoise. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't even know how to say the first uh, word of this. Lenore Rhine University.
1: That is. In North Carolina. Wow. And that is Division 2.
0: Nice, A.T. Yes. Nice work, man. Yeah. Franciscan University.
1: Franciscan University. <laughs> MCLA. D3. Ugh.
0: It's in Steubenville, Ohio. Uh, number seven, Montreat College.
1: Montreat College. Uh... MCLA,
0: D two, oh. and it's in Montreat, North Carolina. Tusculum College, <laughs> <laughs> uh, D three, and D two. It's in Greenville, Tennessee.
1: That sounds like the incest capital of the world.
0: <laughs> Number nine. We've got two left. Hilbert College, D two d3 and it's uh. in hamburg new york and for the final run you've got five points right now at five uh five points for the rhino one grove city college
1: <laughs> mcla
0: <laughs> oh he, nails it. he yes! nails it yes yes and yeah you, you get the bonus for uh the extra point what state is it in
1: the name of it again <laughs>
0: grove city college i'll tell you what city it's in okay grove city
1: Thanks, <laughs> Um. Grove yeah, you, you're city. typing
0: it in you're typing oh, it in yeah. you can't you can't do that you can't do that i can hear you type you can't type it in. <laughs> it's in pennsylvania <laughs> i'm only giving you one point for that you just all looked right it up. that's fair i cheated i cheated
1: you cheated not bad i you tried, tried to me. cheat on i tried to cheat on the other ones but i couldn't i couldn't find them you couldn't <laughs> couldn't find them.
0: No. six out of twenty points. Six out of a total twenty points. Um, that was a tough round for you. Um, but um, when we come back, we'll have a full uh, national championship weekend recap. Great. First team all Americans, and of course, we have the job. Let's maximize. Welcome back to the show. We have the weekend recap. Um, I spent the weekend with the Towers family, the entire Towers family. They were whole there. Mom, dad, Andy, his brother Tommy, uh, the kids. Um, So the whole family was there. But I also spent it with Jamie Hanford. And Jamie, in Jamie Hanford fashion, decided that it wouldn't be just right if he brought just his own family down. It would only be right if he brought the entire city of Darien and New Canaan down with him. Right. So he packed his family, uh, Hunter Hanford being specific. We'll get to him in a second. He was very important to the story. <laughs> he packed the whole city of Darien and New Canaan into a 36 passenger van and proceeded to drive two and a half hours oh, down, down to box. Maryland. <laughs> so it wasn't within 20 minutes of the trip before Hunter Hanford decided to puke. in the back of the bus and this is the reason why andy towers and
1: family did not take that bus yes they wanted i knew knew it was (laughs) coming. i I knew it he asked me and i go no way dude no way no way am i getting on that thing (laughs) (laughs) so i mean you can't even roll
0: down the windows in a bus at 36 oh my god so hunter and of course it didn't lead to just hunter hanford's puking again it was a chain reaction those. and they two or three other people and kids decided to puke alongside of him uh, to spend two and a half hours in puke bus Uh, but the best best part of the whole story is once he gets down there everyone sprints out of the bus for a breath of of fresh air and you know now they start to tailgate you know they're having a good time and Mrs. Hanford goes up to her son and asks hey You know, it's time to go in. Do you have the tickets? Now, these aren't $10, you know, nosebleed tickets at the link. These are $95 a pop tickets uh, in club seats. And Hanford checks his pockets and realizes and looks at his mom and says, Dude, I
1: don't
0: have them. Dude, to his mom, dude, (laughs) I don't have them. Then proceeds. (laughs) (laughs) Then proceeds to walk <laughs> to the ticket area what? A call where this woman asks ticket please and Hanford says dude, they're on the kitchen counter <laughs> dude. dude and she says okay, 650 600... <laughs> <laughs> and he says Five without left. an argument here you go and he hands his credit oh, card that is just
1: <laughs> so rock bottom to oh my god! What a start! What a start bottom. to the
0: weekend. It's it's actually very um. You know, we're going right into the UNC right. Loyola recap, which Hanford didn't start it off for the Greyhounds really well. So, uh, what were your initial thoughts on the first game of the uh, Final Four?
1: You know, I thought that North Carolina would win the game, and they did. And I had them to cover, and they did. Uh, I thought Stephen Kelly would beat up on Savio, and he did. yep um Although at least, I will at say, least the, at least see. in the first half, Savio got him in the
0: second. Half. But even Savio then, got him in the second half. but even then, I will say, Savio won every single technique going into that, and yeah. Kelly just beat him up to the ball, and so he beat up the wings.
1: The wings got an unbelievable knack he does. He does for okay. getting the ground ball after. It's like Zach Courier, like that, but mm-hmm. he's got better technique than Zach Courier does. Yeah. Zach Courier's um, a beast. That's it. But Zach Courier is a beast. But but I was you know so I was I was shocked that North Carolina was able to you know be up 9-2 at the end of the first quarter, up 12-2 wow. at one point. The game was over right away. And right. even though Loyola played, you know, valiantly down the last three Third quarters quarter. of the game, Third quarter. they just they just couldn't they just couldn't get back. And so it was disappointing finish for Loyola, but let's face it, they had an unbelievable year. They made it back to the Final 4. They won the Patriot League uh, tournament, you know, Charlie Toomey just continues to prove he's right there with, with, with the very best coaches in the, co- his whole staff is great. Ryan Moran, Matty Duan does an unbelievable job. Uh, you know, I can only imagine how fun it is to play for those guys, you know, really organized, but no false sense of importance. There's no, you know, condescending way that those guys, those guys just, they're just all substance. You know, there's no fluff, no bullshit. It's just all substance, and right. you can see that it translates to an awesome on the field product. And you know, Loyola, Loyola had a great year. They had a tough last game, or a tough first quarter of their last game. Right. But I, they, it, I wouldn't have surprised me to see Loyola win the whole national championship this year either. They they they, they, they were good enough to do it. They just they just got pounded that first quarter of North Carolina, and that was it.
0: They have the right pieces. Um, yeah. How about Chris Cloutier with his nine goals sets right. um, or ties a record uh, for most goals in an NCAA uh, game? I'm pretty sure that's the correct stat. Am I so, right on that?
1: Yeah, he, he was not. He had nine goals, and right. he, I think he had 18 overall goals for the for the weekend or for the the tournament, which I think set a single tournament record. Uh, he tied Oliver Marty, Oliver Marty, my teammate at Brown, and Gary Gates' single game record with nine goals in this game. You know, it's it's funny. I spoke to Timmy Goldstein, who was nineteen eighty seven National Player of the Year out of Cornell, Dennis's older brother, this week, and we were talking about me busting Chris Cloutier's balls on the show. Yep. You know, three weeks ago, and he had told me that there that 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 was a something that was going on all the time. They were talking about that all the time, so it wasn't just me that sort of called them out as it relates to. Low statistical input for a starting left-handed attackman. Right, and you know if he's not going to give you anything on the ride, he's not going to give you anything off the ground. He better be shooting fifty percent. And so I called him out accordingly based on his numbers. I didn't like his numbers. He was forty-four
0: percent. Yeah, 39- well, forty-four percent of his total goal output on the year came in the tournament alone.
1: Listen, so it's it it, it was it it's was far, justified. It's not far
0: off, no. It's with not far with off.
1: that said. He, <laughs> You know, he certainly showed up when it mattered most, like the best players, too. They play their best in the biggest games, and he certainly only continued to play better and better and better down the stretch, and to the benefit of North Carolina, um, played his best game in the biggest moments, and they won the national championship, and he got MOP, and he deserved it. I mean, what a performance. Brown, Maryland, OT
0: finish on this one. Um, Obviously, sitting with all the Brown families and alums and fans, uh, it was tough to see this right around, I would say, the third quarter, 12-8, somewhere around yeah, there. 12-8. 12-8, yeah, 12-8. That was, was, really that was about was
1: seven minutes left in the fourth quarter. It was okay,
0: okay. Then that's what it was. That's the moment I thought, yeah. God, it was a nice run for Brown. It was a nice run for Brown. But then all too. of a sudden, they came back, and I was like, uh, one more goal. You know, you know how it is. They go twelve nine. It's like, okay, that was a nice goal. You, th- you know, it's still plenty of time left. Right. And then I was thinking, you know, Maryland scores one now, it's thirteen nine. They keep that four-goal cushion. It's just never enough to close the gap. But then right. all of a sudden, twelve ten. Then it was twelve eleven. And all of a sudden the place was going nuts. And what a way to finish the year for Brown coming up, albeit short, um, as a Brown alum. Couldn't probably be more proud of a team. Uh, Than you were, especially the way they finished the season off.
1: Yeah, this team goes down, I think, as the best Brown team in the history of the program. So I I just think that when David you Evans coached was most, you coached the '94 team, yeah, in the and final so you four have, with you Bresch, have yep, yep. with Pete Lasagna was the head coach. Is now the head coach of Bates and Bresh, My buddy Sam Jackson and I both helped coach. Uh, you know the team with Bresh and Pete, and we rode. David Evans was a first team all America as a sophomores, absolute man-child beast. Yeah. Uncoverable. Uncoverable. And we rode him on the offensive end. And we rode Jay Stolfort and Brescia's scheme on the defensive end. And we ended up losing to Princeton, I think the final was 10-7 in that, you know, that year. But we had beaten them in the regular season. That was their only loss of the year. We won the Ivy Championship. Uh, but I think this, I think this Brown team was better than that team. I think they just were, I think they are better at every position, um, you know, and uh, disappointing for sure to see them lose. But I honestly feel that if Dylan Malloy hadn't gotten hurt, I think Brown, I think Brown wants to win the national championship. I, I agree. I agree with you that. You know, and, and uh, but he did get hurt and, but he still played. I mean, what a ballsy performance by that kid. He had two dodging goals against a, Second team All American defense, Matt Dunn. Um, arguably but, first team. Arguably yeah, first arguably team. Yeah, arguably first team. I think he should have been first team, frankly. I just do it. You know, they, Maryland wasn't going to slide to him. You know, they, they weren't going to slide to him. And I think that uh, Malloy did have some turnovers in that game that were very uncharacteristic of him and of them. You know, in the end, 24 turnovers for Browns. the difference in an overtime game when your opponent only has 11. But the fact that they did rally back. After being down 12, 8, I looked over at my wife. I go, if it gets to five, we're gonna beat the traffic. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? And uh, and it never did get to five. And it went to overtime and they well they had the possession, and you know, it, it, it was kind of like a broken weird scenario. I would have liked to see Brown call a timeout at that point. Uh, but you can't, it, it's easy for the crowd to second guess. But Lars you know, never remember remember Lars
0: never calls a timeout, and that's what I love about Lars. He never calls a timeout off the uh off overtime. I I know you remember in 2010 or 11 when we played Brown in OT and we all thought that Brown was going to call and our defense thought Brown was going to call a timeout. And Thomas Muldoon took advantage of a, It it was like four on six. We had all of our guys in. We had four offensive guys and Thomas Muldoon ran ran around our guy and buried it in when we weren't expecting it um and torp, know, torp, flip,
1: to... torp flipped out and ripped his grasses apart yes he do you did. remember yes <laughs> he, he I remember snapped they were on the ground and they were because all up and the wire was all broken because <laughs> he he also he also
0: knew they weren't going to call a timeout he's like pick up your guys pick up your guys like get in get in get in they're not right. calling timeout and sure enough uh we got run by and it scored um that sucked. but let's talk national championship at um umd Maryland versus UNC, and maybe, and again, I'm you know I'm 32 years old, and I, don't, I you know I I consider myself a lacrosse you know historian, I guess. Um, but this may be the
1: best national championship ever played. I agree. I, I agree with you. I just think that the way that it's set up with most of the lacrosse world seeing Maryland as the most complete team in the country, yep. them on the verge of erasing 45 years of not winning the national championship. Carolina, 25 years, and hadn't been in a Final Four in a very, very long time, comes into the tournament unranked. A lot of people felt that Carolina didn't deserve to be in the tournament. I thought they did deserve to be in the tournament. Um, you know, But, but it's it just an incredible backstory with Joe Bresci, uh you know his son Michael Michael who passed away with a terrible car accident uh you know years ago and 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 those guys kind of rallying making that their rally cry and and you know Timmy Kelly or Pat Kelly whoever it is their captain dedicating you know the Notre Game game to Michael Bray it's just there were so many incredible side stories to this this game and the game lived up to the billing. Right. And I, 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 I was, I wanted Carolina. I picked Carolina to win outright. And, you know, obviously the cover they went in as I think one and a half point underdogs, one and a half point underdogs. Um, but I was kind of waiting for Maryland to pull away right. in the second half, you know, similar to Brown game. You were waiting for of, Maryland yeah. to pull away. Yeah. And, and they just couldn't do it. And credit the, the, the Carolina staff, for pulling out Stephen Kelly and letting Charles Kelly, the freshman from Malvern Prep, who's a stud, letting him take about, you know, four or five face-offs. And he won a couple. But Henningsen beat up on those guys all day long, and yes, I thought that Stephen Kelly was going to win the game. If you had told me that, you know, North Carolina was going to lose 65 to 70% of the faceoffs and win the game in overtime, I just wouldn't have been able to see how that would have been possible. 10 to 15 and,
0: in the clear, too, by the way, he, which is
1: incredible yeah. as well. It's still were able to get the W. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah, just, just incredible. incredible. I feel bad for John Tillman. I think he's a class act. He's clearly one of the best coaches. You and I spoke about it. You know, you, I could make an argument that John Tillman is the best coach in the last decade, you know, or the last yeah. seven years. You, you mentioned know, I mean, that. I took your argument, by the way, but I really yeah. agree
0: with it. And, you know, I said on Twitter, I said you could argue, and I took your I took your thing, and uh, you could argue other, outside of Donowski. Donowski truly is... The yeah, coach he, of the decade. Yeah, he three is. Three national championships uh, yes, since 06. But if uh, the closest runner-up has to be. If not, you could argue uh, that Tillman is the coach of the decade, given his performance the day he stepped into Maryland. Um, but incredible. And certainly for me and my experience at the national championship, we were at a – Billy McKinney and I were at a bar. We decided not to go to the national championship. We went to the final four, obviously. And – you know, we were there, and we were going to leave to go to a different bar I love because bars. <laughs> we I, I, just, I bars just love them yeah. because this bar was a little like you know it's a nice bar you know and I I didn't think that they would ever play the commentary over the speakers or at least I thought they were going to turn the TV up you know what I mean yeah this this stud bartender Owen thanks a lot buddy I appreciate it <laughs> he he puts the entire game on the entire restaurant that's the best and people were like. Not really paying attention, but they were. And not one person. There were so many questions the whole game long. People at the bar, people behind the bar, being like, "What? What just happened?" Especially at the end when uh, Goldstock hit whomever it was, retaliation. What a Which, terrible uh, call that was! Take them both goal. out. Take them both out. They never or saw the whistle. whistle. They never, they never saw the. First part. All he did was see him. About, it was a bad play. Why? Why even do that? You had the ball, Luke. Right, I mean, right. there's no need to come back. He had he the ball. Snapped. He, he snapped. did. He snapped. Yeah. And yeah. my thing was, is the people in the bar were like, "Oh my god!" Like, I don't understand. And I was like, "That's probably." I don't think there's any other situation in any other sport that works the same way than that situation happens. So now Maryland, so UNC had the ball. Everyone in the bar was like, "Oh my god, this is great! They're going to win it with you know four, you know four or five seconds left, you know whatever it is." And that happens. And now Maryland gets the ball and they didn't understand that one, when you keep possession, you get the ball the next quarter man up still, because they were like, Oh, they're going to try to shoot with four seconds. I'm like, no, they won't. They're just going to let it roll and they're going to keep possession. They're going to have a 56 second man up in the next. So people didn't understand that scenario, but they're like, Oh my God, I don't think that there's another situation in sports as worse a scenario that you could have drawn off for UNC starting in overtime.
1: I, yeah, that was that was awful. I just I just didn't like that they made the call. I just think that they they either should have got taken them both out or buried it. It's 3 seconds left. It didn't change the it, it almost did, but almost. it it was it, t- to me it was just you just don't make that call. And then I think the other one that I didn't like is the one that gave Carolina the man up at that the end That was overtime. pretty bad too. That you know, was, I mean, I, I, he wait, cross-checked wait, wait, him in the face. Listen, just just make it a, a loose ball push and give Carolina the ball. You can't oh, do it when he's in the front, oh, though. He's on yeah. his
0: back. It was yeah. really – it was tough. Listen, I, like everyone wants to complain over Twitter about the refing and how they blew it. Listen, I, I really think that for the most part, as we all know, the refs swallowed their whistles all weekend. They didn't call yeah. a damn thing all weekend. In fact, I think it was the Brown-Maryland game when the flag went down. Um in the third quarter and we looked at each other and was like when was the last and it was it wasn't even it was um it was a little kid thirteen year old was like when was the last penalty right and I thought to myself "I'm like, I looked at you and I said that's a great question when yeah. was the last penalty it, there wasn't anything called and they missed a couple big calls they missed the trip on Lars Kemp there's no th- that there's was that was bad and that could have led to a goal. Yeah. So that was a bad, but listen. It, ultimately, you know, you only see like three or four bad calls over three games.
1: Yeah, that's pretty damn there, good. They, they did a great job.
0: Yeah, that's know. pretty damn good, and 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 we all see it because it's like the national championship, and they haven't called a damn thing all game, and so that's what they, excuse me, that's what they call. I'm not. I'm not. I mean, I think uh,
1: you know, one one of the things that was very good to see was the class in the demeanor of all of the coaches there this week. There was no whining. There was none of that stuff. Bresci had every right, in my opinion, to lose his mind at that call at the end of the game. And he was colorful, but not a jerk, you know, not a, not a baby. And, you know, Tillman is, is always under control. Right. And Charlie's right. always under control. Lars is animated. Um, and Bresh is animated. Right. But no 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 crybabies. You right. know, there were no babies on the sidelines this final four. And it was great to Boy. see. And it. it was great for the game. And the game lived up to the billing. And, you know, if that's how people outside the sport see our sport, they saw two classy coaches, you know, handle a very, very nerve wracking environment uh really smoothly.
0: Well, if you look at it too, and not to say Donowski's a very demeanor like very common demeanor guy, but you look at the four teams in the final four, only one national championship between all four teams. Right. Not not for the schools themselves, for the coaches. Right. So you can figure that these coaches are like God, I'm so lucky to be here. Like, anything that happens, it's like, you know, high five and a chest bump. It, w- it was a good right. run, you know? So, But you can imagine, you know, the Bill Tierneys, the Descos, uh, you know, like even you, the Dave Coddles, who have been there to Final Four so many times right? Um, that, you know, and not to say that they were bitching wine. What I'm just saying is that it would be a lot more aggressive in terms of, you know, getting on the refs. But these guys, they're searching for their first. And Toomey is searching for his second to finally put him in with another six or seven coaches all-time NCAA, more right. than one winner. I mean, right. these guys are humble as humble. Uh, they are just happy to be there. And like you just said, and Eamon said too, uh, McEnany at the end was, you know, no one. this was probably the greatest game in our sports history in terms of putting us back on the map. Uh, if it wasn't already on the map, just to say to the average people, like I was in the bar and people were just going nuts. By the fourth quarter, people were on their feet cheering. Like That's this so OT sweet. was like, oh, like people, every shot it was like, oh. And people never, like asking me questions, have no idea what lacrosse is. It was just a beautiful thing to see. Uh, it was a lot of fun for us. But, um, you know, we're going to get back. We're going to take a nice little break here. We're going to get back and we'll talk about first-team All-Americans. AT&T, and I will tear them up. Let's go through each one of these positions here. And I know you did a lot of research on this because I can't believe.
1: <laughs> you know what that is, don't you?
0: Oh, yes. I have That's my big buck
1: I hit a 27 under on Antelope yesterday. It's <laughs> a really high number. Um, <laughs> or low number. Or I, low number. Time my brother. I went over to my brother's tonight for my dad's 78th birthday and immediately set the machine record on Volcano. He was not happy about it. <laughs>
0: uh, he did beat, I will
1: say, he beat me head-to-head the first game. I didn't like his trackball. I couldn't get a feel. Ah, yes. And, uh, Jim Fenzel, and, that
0: was a Jim Fenzel question, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I couldn't get
1: a good feel on his trackball, but uh, but I recovered to set the course record on one of those. I had two whole ones tonight, too. felt great. <laughs> it felt great. Um, <laughs> uh
0: i do have one i think my card is at your house i believe so it might be yeah you hold you hold one on my machine that plays
1: over sometimes that's
0: right that's right and uh it's right next to uh james's and ty ty's card uh my card's hanging there uh but let's go through this at attackman first team attack we have dylan Malloy Brown. no argument there he won the tour time right kind Denver. I don't have an argument. We, I put him in my first teamer. If I'm going to draft a team, he's definitely one of the guys I'm going to put in there. AT, what are your thoughts there?
1: You, you have any argument, Connor? Um, Listen, I, I think he's one of the very best players in the country. I just didn't think he had a great last third of the season. Okay. So if I'm looking at this list,
0: i I'll, I'll me... round out the list for you. I'll round out the list for you. The other two, so you can just roll with it, AT. The other yeah. two were Dylan— Donahue of Syracuse, and the last one, Ben Reeves at Yale, who was Torton
1: finalists. Mm-hmm. At go at it. So I, I kind of just looked at this list and I thought, who did I agree with and who did I disagree with? To me, Pat Spencer was the second best offensive 100%. player in the country. So 100%. to me, Pat Spencer got absolutely screwed. I don't. I don't agree with Dylan Donahue being a first team All American Ab- this don't year. Either. And while Connor Canozero, I like him better as a player than I do some of these other guys, I just don't think he played his best during the last third of the season, which is the most important part of the season. And that's when Pat Spencer seemed to play better than everybody else. Correct. So I, to me, Pat Spencer got screwed. He should have been first-team All-American as a freshman, ahead of Dylan Donahue. And frankly, uh, after the tournament was all over, I would have taken Connor Canozero out and I would have put Matt Rambo in. And I was not an advocate for Matt Rambo halfway through the season. You always have been. Yeah. You've always been adamant that he's, you know, one of the very, very best players. And I didn't think so based on his numbers. But after watching him play in the Final Four, I I feel he's a first-team All-American. To me, it should have been Dylan Malloy and Ben Reeves and Pat Spencer. And if you're going to name a fourth guy, it, it should have been Matt Rambo. That's what I think.
0: For me, it would have been Malloy, Canazaro. Rambo, Spencer, not in that order, not in any particular order. Yeah. As as good of a year as Ben Reeves has had, he's definitely a second team without argument, he's a second team All-American. First team All-American. I mean, by the time the Turton finalists, let's put it in perspective, by the time the Turton trophy was going to be handed out, Ben Reeves was lucky to get a ticket to go there. I mean, that's how I felt. You know, he was so far away. He,
1: he, I saw him play live, and and I was really impressed with him. Really, okay. He is a beast, and and he does it all. You know, but you look at these two. Look at the first teamers and the second teamers. The only one that makes a real difference is Dylan Malloy. There's nobody on the because the second team All-Americans are are every bit as good as the first team All. I mean, listen, it might even be better. Pat Spencer, Matt Rambo, Ryan Brown, and Matt Kavanaugh. Right versus that's Connor a Kane, a, zero yeah, I mean, great. it's a great really, the only difference <laughs> really is Dylan Malloy. I have Dylan Malloy as clearly yeah. the best guy but then I have Pat Spencer as the next best guy. Yep, number two. And he was on second team. So I was disappointed. Uh I was disappointed, but it's a fresh beast freshman and that's the way it works out sometimes.
0: I think it sucks because I do think that he had a first team all American season. And you should give him the chance to do what only, I think, three or four people have ever done in our yeah. sport. Yeah. And you should give them the chance to do it. I mean, what other what other chance does a freshman have putting up a season like him, leading his team to a Final Four? Right. You got to give them the benefit of the doubt. The other thing that people don't understand about these All-Americans is that when they come out, they've already been decided three weeks prior to when they come out. Right. So none of the Rambo... It actually ass-
1: helps Can Zero and right. hurts Spencer. hurts it Rambo. Hurt- Rambo.
0: Right, I don't yeah. even think it should have hurt Spencer, to be honest. He was a Patriot League Player of the Year, Rookie of the Year. I mean, Quint Kesnick said it best. Why shouldn't he be in at least the top 25 uh, You know, for the Tewarton? It makes right. perfect sense. Right. Dylan Dodd. I thought was, he was, I the, I
1: thought was the second best player in the country this season. I agree. I, I
0: thought Rambo was probably the third. But, of course, I'm a Rambo fan, so you can't yeah. really – I'm biased. Let's move yeah. to the midfield. Well, first off, let me ask you a question, AT. As a first-team All-American yourself, mm-hmm. are you that upset that four attackmen are named first-teamers? I, I think it
1: trivializes it. I really do. Look,
0: so, you're, I, I you're, personally... you're anti- so you're in the Ricky Beardsley uh, camp yes, I am. Where, where he said...
1: We're proud to be AA when they're only named 10. There, there. T-H-E-I-R. T-H-E-I-R. And that's, T-H-E-I-R. Listen, it's, it's, he's dead on. I mean, he's yes, dead yes. on. And you're going to tell me... And we'll talk about this a little bit, but I just don't like four attackmen, five midfielders. Listen, you only get three. Okay, who's out there, right? If you're naming three, it's Dylan Malloy, it's Ben Reeves, and it's Connor Canazero. Those are the three out of right. This if group. you're going to do it, yes. If you're if you're going to name three of them, right? right? Right. And you go in this group, and Sergio Perkovic does not to be. You know, there's no, no ways what? he should be HM? He should be <laughs> yes! first team. Yes, it's so true. Right. He listen, and he's played some unbelievable games. During his time at Notre Dame, he's hit some unbelievable shots, yes. but his numbers aren't there. And he didn't have he didn't have close to a first-team All-American season. He had Correct. an HM season. That's what he had. At best, and it was third. At best. It but, it, but, third, it, but, it, but it wasn't. Well, if they're, if they're naming six midfielders, maybe it is third. <laughs> but what's the difference between HM? I mean, it's That's a so joke. True. It's a joke. Make it mean something. You know, go three, attackers, Four middies at the most. But I, but I would also five? say,
0: I would also argue, though, that four attack in today's game, I'm not so upset about four attack, especially when it's close.
1: But five even it's even close. But Sergio Perkovic was not even close. Five, five, you know, deeper it, class, definitely. Brian Cole, definitely. Miles Jones, definitely. Zach, Zach Miller, Miller definitely. definitely. Right? Sergio Perkovic, they, no. It looks
0: like they shimmy, like his, his font. On the USILA, like is smaller than the rest. It feels like they shimmied him in at the last <laughs> second. It's like now nah, let's just shimmy him right in there. How the hell did he make first team All American? Like, right. I love the kid. I think he's got a lot of great skills. He's going
1: to be a great Notre pro. had a great year. Yes, overall. it wasn't because I mean, they, of Sergio. they didn't have a good playoff, but they, you know, they they were you know between one and four pretty much the entire. Season. So I do understand that if their team was ranked that high and they regard him as their best midfielder, I understand the push. I'm just saying, looking at it, he didn't have a first team All American season. No way. Not compared. But you can't even say a push
0: because compared to the other guys who got second team and third team, played better than Sergio. But even then, the four guys above him, Miles, Class, Cole, Miller, they were first team all Americans, right. and I'd argue that even Brian Cole, as as good as he is, may not have been a first team all American. I, I would argue that, but he had a longer season. But again, these these voting come out. I and, had
1: Sergio Saucito in their head yeah, d- as did
0: I. I had the same thing, but these 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 voting come out three like th- it's already done. Yeah, my issue is that they 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 bring a debate on themselves by issuing it four to three to four weeks after they've all, all the voting's been done. And yeah. that pisses me off because everyone's like watching the tournament, all the, you know, 240,000 people watching, you know, Albany Q's and, you know, uh, 188,000 people on TV watching these guys play. And then all of a sudden you see them and they're like, wow, that kid's incredible and he's not first team All-American. Who are the other guys? You know, Man. I, I if, right. they are, if they're if they're gonna name them name them so they can u- at least use that ammo when they talk about these guys being like you're a second team all American scoring two three goals Chris Cloutier
1: is not even on here. I don't even know if he's on No, here. didn't even make it he
0: didn't even make it, it, didn't, it, didn't,
1: it didn't didn't deserve it no he his, didn't you know but he, he deserved didn't. most outstanding player of the tournament that's it,
0: for sure but it tells the people in the audience that th- for his season he was not like this all season that this is definitely an abnormal performance, which brings more energy to the fan who's watching it being like, this is incredible. This kid has never done this all season, but right. yet he puts in nine goals and then five in the national championship. Right. But yet when it comes out at the same time as basically the Tour-ton champ, uh, you know, finalists, they, they look at this and they're like, what? Where's Chris Cloutier?
1: Right. They should almost get this done and release it before the tournament starts. Yeah,
0: I agree. Or you within know. at least the first round, at least the, after the first round, I'm okay with that the first round you got, you know, Mac championships and you know, whatever.
1: True. yeah.
0: So I'm okay with that, but this late it's weird. But do you have any other comments on the midfielders? You got miles Jones, Demer class, Brian Coles. No, I, I, liked,
1: I, I liked all of the other guys. I just didn't think Sergio Perkovic uh, had a first team all American season. I, did. I didn't, uh, I, didn't I absolutely thought Larkin Kemp did from Brown. Um, I also oh,
0: moving on to long stick midfield. Okay, yeah. So yep. moving
1: on. No, that's all right. Uh, keep going. You know, to to me, um, Will Garal should have. Will Garal got screwed here. I just think that he, let's keep. Oh, you're skipping. Baptist. You're skipping.
0: Wait a minute. Where's my opinion,
1: jerk? Well, uh, well, I well, said well,
0: John Sexton for a long stick middle. John
1: Sexton, he was one of the two second <laughs> team All American. Come on, <laughs> which one is it? Which one? Pick one. Pick one. Right, it's so painful. It's so painful. So 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 painful. Go uh, to go to L- good Larkin, Will. Larkin Kemp deserved to make first team All American. He did. he did. Absolutely, I wasn't upset. Uh, that. And then you go on and Trevor Baptiste. Trevor I called. Baptiste's I
0: said. I said he would. I said he should. Just you know, in, in my thing, it wasn't Wilgerall should have been first team, but I wasn't upset if Trevor would have been called as a first team again. Same thing. At right, and I know. I, I, the four team, first team All American thing is like a very important thing to our sport. Um, but Trevor Baptiste didn't play he didn't necessarily play better than Will, but he didn't play so much worse than Will not to give him the award.
1: I, I agree with you. I agree with you. I mean and, I don't I don't, yeah, I don't think that look, th- those are definitely one and two, right? There. Mm-hmm. Those were one and two. I Absolutely. just I believe that Will Garral is is better at facing off than Trevor Baptiste. It would have been great to see them break. play. Well, they did two years ago in the tournament, and Garal beat him head-to-head. Right. That's right. He was he was winning the draws, not, not getting bailed out by his wings. He was winning the move and right. getting the ball. Right. And he was the only guy to beat him head-to-head all year long, and then he puts together the year that, that he had this year and scored – A bunch of goals. I just think that he, I think he, I think he should have been first team American. I really do.
0: I I don't disagree with anything you're saying. And I don't, but I also, I don't disagree. The things that Trevor, I really like watching Trevor Baptiste. He's slick. He He does things with the ball. He's, he's, he's fun to watch. It's not like watching, you know, another face off guy, uh, you know, kind of like, pizza you know the the ball around and try to find the first person who's open i mean he's really slick to get it to his guys and his wings aren't nearly as good and again i'm not i'm not saying that wilger all got bailed out by his wings because seeing him in person for those last two games it was very clear that as much as he if he needed help he was going to get it from right. superman and batman on his left and right those guys are, those guys are they're, they're ridiculous uh but he didn't necessarily need him all the time. In fact, he didn't really need him at all, but for them to give Trevor, I'm not so upset about that.
1: I really don't. No, I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. I think it's splitting hairs, but yeah. I just think that we should That's have in first. team. So when,
0: when okay. we talk about will, and we talk about this th- team of Brown, we can certainly state that will Garal is arguably first team all American. I don't think anyone's going to have a problem with it. Agree. Long stick midfield. Uh, excuse me. Short stick D midfielder. We only came up with one name that could occupy this spot. Isaiah Davis Allen of Maryland, and you saw him firsthand. We all saw him firsthand. He, yeah, he's a
1: doc. Remember, we had right, Doc on the podcast. Straight. Doc said he's MVP. You know, yeah, and I, I got no complaint. I think it's absolutely well deserved. Let's move uh, on.
0: Let's move on to the defense unless you had anything else to say about no, it. No,
1: I don't. But I have something to say about the defense. I know it's, you do. It's I a no brainer <laughs> that Matt Landis and Michael Quinn make first teams. Yes. Right? Yes, Christian everyone. Berger no no is not a first-team All-American. No, he's, he's not. not. He's not. And you know, but he's got the king yep. pushing for him. And you know, Denver again was one of the top three, four teams in the country all season long. But they're Correct. An offensive team. They're not Correct. a defensive team. Correct. And they ride the success of Trevor Baptiste, the schemes of Matt Brown, and they've got some. And they're the best shooting team in the country, in my opinion. Yeah. Right. But. Christian Burdorf is not a first-team All-American defenseman. No No, way. He's not. not. He got run
0: by at the last with Towson. No way. No
1: way. No way. I think Matt Dunn from Maryland got screwed here. I think he should have been first-team. I also could see Chris Fennell of Navy being first-team. Yeah, yeah. I I really could. And I could see Alec Tullett from Brown being first-team. I I would Um, put
0: Alec Tullett in there before I'd put the kid from Navy uh, I would put Matt Dunn in four places above. I mean, Matt Dunn is a special player. He's yeah. he, he's very, very good. My thing is here, look at this. This is the one position they only have three guys in. Right. And this is the only position, if, if they're going to shimmy another guy in with smaller font than Sergio Berkovic,
1: it would be Christian Bardor. But
0: so at least give Matt Dunn the award. Right, Matt Dunn deserves it. I mean... And it was sli- I do right it. if they're
1: gonna put Bergdorf in there, but you better put you Matt down there Dumb, too. Then you have to right. Yeah. Then we whine less. I uh, um, I don't think. I just, I, yeah, go yeah, ahead. Go ahead. I, I just on the All American stuff. I just I can't stand how there's so many players. Go there's six. T- go. Okay, open Listen, up. You look at look at sec- You look at the second team. All right, <laughs> you've got four attackmen, four middies, two long sticks. Pick one, two <laughs> face off guys. Incredible. So now it dilutes Ball, it, it makes Ball it look the wall is not even really second team. He's in a tie with Ben Williams. What He's is that? two that A means? and two B. So they're, two really bad. T- they're really tied for third team. That's really what That's they are. It. That's a, you're right. Okay? That's exactly right. what they are. So there are no second team All-Americans. It makes my, it makes my- It's like my, golf. It's it, like golf, it is tied for third. That's exactly right. So, and then you've got, uh, you know, the third team, which is just despicable. <laughs> Okay. You've got 22 kids. How many can you play at once for team All American?
0: How many can you Four play? Four at attackmen,
1: three midfielders, random. Right. Right. Two long sticks again that are actually tied for fifth team All American. <laughs> You've got one faceoff guy. You've got six defensemen. So that's third team and fourth team, right? <laughs> that's and you got this, RD. You've got. Four short stick, the middies. Four. I couldn't name four short stick, the middies in the country <laughs> after Isaiah Davis Allen <laughs> and Jake Mathai from Carolina. Those are the only two that I knew. No, you knew right? the uh, the the hyphenator. I knew, I knew the 75, hyphenator. seventy-five. Yeah, the hyphenator. seventy-five from Brown. Yazo Caporetto. He was my favorite. He looked like somebody's dad playing for Brown. <laughs> My favorite parent playing number. today, right? It was like it was dude, that guy was such a beast, man. But four short stick teammates, awkward, weird, <laughs> dilutes the whole thing. Uh, you know, sh- some shocking things. I thought that you know Stephen Pontrello only making HM to me, he he would have been in the argument for first team, but at the very worst a second team, and I had him ahead of Matt Cavanaugh. I mean Matt Cavanaugh's. Been an unbelievable player at Notre Dame for a long time. But second team with the year that he had versus the year that Pontrello had. Come on. Pontrello deserves it more. He does. Well, here's
0: here's the thing. I I do have a disagreement with you in terms of there has to be a slight look, look, if you've got two guys that are so close and yes, I don't disagree with you. Puntrello had a better season towards the end, especially, you know, he had a longer season too than Kavanaugh. But how much better was Puntrello's season than Kavanaugh? And from that standpoint, I do think, and this is, and I know you are big on it's this year, you prove it this year, or you don't. Right. Me, I'm a little bit more, listen, if it's under, if you're that not that much, your four years comes into play. That that's how I fear. Or or your past. Your past play comes into play.
1: All right. So Ryan, listen. Okay. Go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. No.
0: No. And that and that was my point. My point is is, it, between a guy like Pontrello and Kavanaugh, I do think that when you look at the offense and you look at you know Notre Dame, where is your the ball going every single time? It's not going to Sergio. It's not. It's going to Kavanaugh. And that kid provides a lot. It's like kind of like looking at a kid like. Jamie Coffin and Ari Sussman that we were able to coach or play with and yeah. and you're still even though Ari might not have at the end of the year had the you're still gonna go with them every time and you're gonna put it in a stick every single time and, and for me and for me that's enough to make sure that I'm gonna put him on the list, unlike Brian Cook and that whole scenario. I'm gonna put him on the list. Right, right. <laughs> <And> it. <again, laughs> That and get totally him the awards that he deserves. And so, yes, I do agree that to this year Pontrello had a better year than Kavanaugh. But I don't agree in which Pontrello deserved maybe a higher award this year, just because I think that when you look at it, it's so close that you got to look at past experience to put the award. That's all. That's all I have.
1: That's yeah, all. I, look, Pontrello was forty-nine and twenty-one, seventy points in eighteen games, and North Carolina wins the national championship. Okay, then you've got Matt Kavanaugh. He, he's, he goes twenty-one and twenty-nine for fifty points in fifteen games. How many did okay. ha,
0: how many did Pantralla play? Twenty-one.
1: He had forty-nine goals. No,
0: no, no, no. no. How many games did Pantralla play? Sorry,
1: eighteen. So three more games. Three more games, and he had twenty more points, but he had forty-nine goals. Matt Cavanaugh was a starting defenseman. He only had twenty-one goals. I mean, starting 20, attack 20, 20, 20, attacking. He he was three points a game, about you know a little over three points a game. Points, not goals. Points. Yeah. I, I just, I just think if you're an yeah. attackman, you, you know, if if you want to give him second team all American, he should have 45 goals and 29 assists. Right. Right. Then, then I'm not saying a word. And yeah. he's scored some incredibly big goals, just like Perkovic. But, but he's not scoring five goals a game. And that's what you got to be if you're going to be a first-team All-American or you're going to be, you know, in that. And I just – I don't know. I just I, – I, I would have wanted to see more point production. Um, and you don't evaluate every performance just on points, but I just felt like, um, you know, again. So moving on. So I, I had a – I was disappointed that Steve Puntrello didn't – Get more than HM. Makes to me, sense. he should. To, to me, he should have been a, a second teamer. I, I could have seen that ahead of Matt Cavanaugh. Um, and I, I, I don't mean to pick on Notre Dame, but I just didn't like their offense, and I didn't think that they shot the ball well. We said it all year long. They didn't. They're not disciplined shooters. You know, they're not. They don't. They don't make their opportunities count. That's the difference between it's them. The reason and why
0: didn't make the final four?
1: It is. It's exa- It is the reason we said it all year long. It's going to come back to haunt them yeah and it did I thought that Casey Reese the midfielder from Navy I would have liked to have seen him make more yeah uh, I thought he I thought he played his best against the best competition so I could have seen him in there certainly had a Sergio Perkovic for sure yep uh and then the other one I liked <laughs> was there wasn't was, too many people that you couldn't see over Sergio no, right? honestly I'm sorry but I just <laughs> didn't I just didn't I'm not a believer in in His body of work this season. Sure. Uh, Michael Tags is one that he didn't play well in the national championship. He had a bad game, but to me, he's one of the best players out there. And he's, you know, I think I think you're looking at a guy that stands a very, very good chance of being a first-team All-American midfielder next year. Tag the ferry. Yep. Um, And then disappointed two guys. I was disappointed. Tyler White, the goalie from Towson, didn't make H.M. Didn't make anything. That, That baffles me. And then the other one, obviously, well, maybe not obviously, but but. I was shocked that Foster Huggins from Loyola didn't make anything. That's insane. Uh, Yeah, he he shut down Ryan Brown. He was their number one stopper. You know what's disappointing is Loyola only had two All-Americans. How much of a joke is that? Loyola only had two two All-Americans. One of them was
0: not even placed correctly.
1: Right. So Pat Spencer makes second team instead of first. And then the only other All-American they had was Brian Sherlock, the midfielder. He's great. He's great. He's great. Yeah. But, but but so they go to the final four and they have Huggins. two All-Americans. Foster Huggins should have been All-American. Foster Huggins not. should have been. A, he should have been a teamer. I, I agree. I think talk, I, I could have seen Foster Huggins as a they second gave, or third team. Yeah. They only gave I mean, he's, he's guys. a second team All-American. That's what he should have been. Six he guys, guys been, on 13. You look at Foster Huggins, he's he's one of the best You know, one of the best eight defensemen in the country, no question. I agree. Uh, When we come back, it's what
0: you guys have all been waiting for. It's Sunday night job rumors, and there will, there will be positions filled by Monday and Tuesday. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the show. If anyone was paying attention, we completely missed an entire position on the first team All-American list. So people should be immediately talking about that and saying, you guys are the biggest tools on the planet. We missed goalie position, but to our defense, we had this unanimous, didn't matter. Uh, And he proved himself when the voting was over. He proved himself as first team All-American. Jack Kelly was named. Uh, from Brown, he was named for his team. Obviously, Andy, I don't think you have a problem
1: with that. No, listen, he, he should have been the first team All-American Correct. goalie, and Bernlois should have been the second team. Those I agree guys were phenomenal. You know, Bernlois actually outplayed Jack Kelly in the first half of the Brown game. This, I agree with you know, that. The Final Four, he did, and uh, but Jack Kelly absolutely slammed the door in the second half with about three or four point-blank saves in the third quarter to keep the game relatively close. To me, Jack Kelly... Was probably the third best player in the country behind Dylan Malloy and behind Pat Spencer. Yeah. The next guy, in my opinion, would have been Jack Kelly. So I was just really happy that he made first team, Earl Ward second team. I thought that that was absolutely Correct. right. And then, of course, there's two goalies somehow <laughs> and the third team. But to me, Blaze Reardon should have been the only. Third team All-American goalie Shane Doss had a good year. Don't get me wrong; I, I, I think he definitely was an All-American. He was great. He was. Great I just think Blaze Reardon, with the exception of one game, you know, he, he played terribly against Hartford. That one, that one game, and other than that, um, it happens. You know, it happens, and especially at that position, it happens. But yeah, it didn't yeah. happen to Jack Kelly all year long. But that's why he's first team All-American. No right? I mean it, did, it
0: really didn't actually happen for Burnmore either. I mean, I know there were a lot of goals scored in the semis and uh, in the finals. But in in reality, I mean, Burn Lord definitely played great. I I I did. I did, too. I did, too. Uh, But let's get to what everyone wants to talk about, which is the job rumors. Now, if you haven't heard this already. At the top of the show, we talked about Hartford, Ryan Martin named head coach. So that ends one of the seven openings. We have six openings left. Binghamton. I've got absolutely nothing, A.T., on Binghamton.
1: Now I'm not even curious. <laughs> I'm not. I'm, I'm not.
0: <laughs> I'm not even curious. But here's the thing. Here's what I'm actually curious. All right. LeMoyne wins a D2 national championship. LeMoyne yeah. out of Syracuse, New York. Yeah. And I'm curious because I know Dan Sheehan has definitely either thrown his resume or has gotten calls from Division I coaches. I, uh, excuse me. Division I athletic departments. Now, my thing is, is. Does Dan Sheehan try himself in Division I? Now, you're at the top of the world in Division Two. You are winning national championship and his fifth. I think it's his fifth. I'm not sure. I know it's the, uh, the program's fifth. I'm not sure if it's his fifth. It could be his fifth. My thing is, is do you give yourself a try at a school like Binghamton? Or does a school like LeMoyne have more pull than a school Division I scholarships in state than Binghamton, that's my question. And if you were Dean Sheehan, I think Lemoyne
1: beats Binghamton. Well,
0: <laughs> maybe. I mean, the way they play though is so slow and so not. I, I don't necessarily think that actually. But my thing is, is if you think you're that like that strong as a program, how easy would it be to get the kids from Lemoyne that you just maybe five or six studs to transfer immediately with a lot of money into Binghamton? Does that change the program? Does that immediately start a culture at the program and in relationships and ties to the program that put Binghamton on the map? I only throw that out there because I did hear Dan Sheehan's name and a bunch of other schools and you know all that kind of stuff, and he deserves it. I mean, Jesus, he's done a great job at Lemoyne.
1: I just thought that,
0: and I threw it out to you. I don't know what you think about that. If, yeah, I think I, that's bad.
1: I think that I don't think it's you know I I, I see your heads zap, but it's so it's so. I think there's such a difference between D one and D two. Listen, I, I do agree. You know, that. B- listen, Bing- Binghamton's playing Stony Brook and Albany right. and-, and Syracuse. They're not playing Mount Olive in Mercyhurst. <laughs> we just had D two, D three, N C A game. I mean, <laughs> they're not right. I mean, you've got you've got. It's just not even cl- it's not even close. So, so you know, I just think that even though Binghamton hasn't been that successful lately, I just think. That there's a major difference between a Division right. One roster and a Division Two roster. But
0: does he take that challenge? I, no one. I don't think anyone disagrees with you, and I don't even think he does. My question is: Do you take on that challenge? I don't know how old he is. He's, he's just not, he's his not name, name for every job, every
1: time. That's true.
0: Let's move to the next one, though. Jacksonville. I've got three names for you. Okay. I've got three names for you. I've got Mister Galloway. Yep. At Providence.
1: I heard he has the offer. I heard heard the offers in his hand.
0: I heard he turned it down.
1: Well, he may have. He may have.
0: Because we're we're dumb and lazy, and we didn't get the podcast out soon enough because we probably would have made a brutally bad decision. But Galloway is in on the mix. Secondly, this is the guy who I think that everyone's all going to be pumped about. I heard Casey Powell's
1: in the mix. For this head coaching job, which doesn't—they should—they should even hire a coach. They should just—they should start a lacrosse team and, and start with those two guys. <laughs> <laughs> the best goalie in the world and arguably the best player ever. Yeah, <laughs> That'd be a good start.
0: Well, you know what's funny is uh, when these rumors came around and Casey Powell obviously declared himself as wanting to play collegiate lacrosse. Or excuse me, coach collegiate lacrosse. He already, he already played collegiate class, lacrosse, and he did a pretty damn good job. It was easy.
1: He tried that. He tried.
0: He tried. Uh, and so, you know what's funny? One of our buddies made a comment and was like, oh, I can't believe it. He should hire John Grant Jr. as assistants. And I thought to myself, at a school like Jacksonville, that might be the smartest hire you could ever pick in the history of any lower major school if you want to consider jacksonville a major school because guess what john grant jr is going to be like oh hey i got a few guys that can play hey eh? right and he, they're gonna they're gonna come and play for me hey eh? and it is what it is and they would win games really fast
1: right uh but 18 15 17, 14. <laughs> yeah,
0: right right
1: right like robert morris was a few years ago it's true yes with bear with bear uh,
0: yes absolutely um, and it was run and gun. And so, you know, obviously they've, uh, they've definitely, I know they've reached out to the Brown staff. I know that the Brown staff turned it down, but stay that's, away, what, that's from them. Yeah, <laughs> stay away from them. Uh, yeah. but another name that I think makes sense is, uh, the Bernhardt from Rutgers. And I think it's a great look. Obviously he would immediately, if he took the job and he got offered the job, he would immediately hire his brother I would assume, and that would be ultimate smart because you got a guy who's both of them are legit. They're legit players. They've got experience in the college game. Both of them play, uh, coached at Maryland. Uh, both of them played at Maryland. Yeah, the little brothers are uh, oh, little, bro- little he's brother. going to Come Maryland there. too. He's going to he's Maryland. Awesome. Jared. But my thing is, is that would be an immediate smart hire. Uh, so I think that Jacksonville, if you look at it, Jacksonville's doing a damn good job considering their situation. Um, with the people that we've heard in the circle for the right. job. I, I actually do. And I think that the smartest – listen, you can't lose by hiring Casey Powell. He has zero experience in the Division One level. He has zero experience running a program, zero experience recruiting, zero experience in all of that. But one of the biggest things he can bring is something called excitement. Right. That a lot of programs out there don't have. He brings something called credibility. Right I mean, like not from the standpoint of other Division one coaches, but he brings in credibility and a stance of holy shit, it's Casey Powell, right? right um so I think that Jacksonville is actually doing a decent job if those are their final candidates. Let's move on to UVM got three names for you okay. Stephen Brundage, Marquette no. Brundage. we talked about his ping pong game at least you did. I've never played him at ping
1: pong and I haven't either. There. he said he was really good and then he never really could ever lock down a game, so
0: well. I can probably guarantee you, Stephen, don't don't, don't take his challenge. <laughs> this guy stands in the middle of a racquetball court. He stands in the middle of a racquetball court like Monsters, Inc. Yeah. And he's got like eight arms. And, and he's, he doesn't move his feet. He can if he wants to. He'll only move his feet if he knows it's an absolute point. That's when he moves his feet. Uh, and so he stands in the middle of the whole court. And then he'll be like, no, I didn't move. I'm not in your way.
1: I'm not in your way. I didn't move. No. I haven't moved yet. Boclet could never figure Boclet, to playing playing Like for three weeks, we play all the time, and you finally just look back with this sheepish look and was like, I don't know if I can beat you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> go, go, Gadget Arms. Andy Towers in his go, go, Gadget Arms. Uh, Torp and I
1: used to have so many battles, too. So <laughs> my, favorite,
0: my favorite was when Torp would come back to the office, and I'd be like, did you beat him? Because, I mean, Torp, <laughs> I always assumed Torp was pretty good. He'd be, was like, great.
1: he'd be like, bleep, no. <laughs> <laughs> we had so many sick battles. Oh, That's oh, good. That's so funny. Another name I got
0: for you, Matt Madelon, uh, Princeton uh, interim great. head coach. He would be great. He's one of my favorite guys. Very yeah, soft, he's a great guy. Great dude. He, is a, he is a great guy. I'll Brothers tell is you great this. Dude too. Yep. He is a, a great goalie. Oh, my God. He was a backup goalie forever in the MLL for God knows how long, and I'll tell yeah. you right now, he was an incredible goalie. For people who don't understand, Matt Madelon, awesome, awesome goalie. Uh, and the last one I got for you is Leeton Gleason from Albany. Uh, he's in the mix at UVM looking to get himself uh, into a head job, which, hey, listen, if anything, all of these guys and all the guys that we mentioned, if anything, they're looking for a pay raise. I mean, listen, you've got a resume on your Gleason. You've taken teams as far as you have. Uh, as a part of a staff with Scotty Marr uh, to the oh, tournament at a school like Albany, you've got a resume uh, and you should use it. You should get experience. You should get into those interviews and she, see how far it takes you. If it gets you an offer and you still don't want it, well, guess what? You probably got paid at the school you're currently with. Right. So uh,
1: Dead on. Dead So on.
0: that's what we got for UVM. Go ahead. Little Mike Go Kruger, huh? i, I- Listen, I'm going to see
1: Mike Kruger get that opportunity. I think Mike Kruger would be great.
0: I know. But here's the thing. I think one of the issues, and, and nothing against Kruger at all, but I think one of the issues with UVM and a lot of other schools like UVM, they don't have any other spring sport. And so they're looking to bring bring in a, quote-unquote, big splash. Uh, in a school like UVM to say, hey, we're just going to continue the same trend. Because ultimately – Listen, I'm not saying Kruger would continue, quote-unquote, the same trend. I I think he would enhance what Ryan Curtis has already done at that program. My thing is is that for the alums and everyone else, you're not creating that excitement factor hiring like a Casey Powell. And I'm not necessarily saying Brenda like or Madeline are like the Casey Powell factor. No one can be the Casey Powell factor. But what it does is it says there's a new regime coming in from a school with a winning program trying to make it what it is. And certainly like Brundage who created a, a program at Marquette with Joe Amplow, uh is a very compelling story for the alums who are looking for a little bit more than what they've had over the last X amount of years. Yeah. Again, I'm not dissing Ryan Curtis and anything he's done, excuse me, but it, it is what it is. I mean, your record speaks for itself and you're on an uptick. If you're on an uptick, hire the next uptick coach. I, and, I
1: agree.
0: And Again, it's not a knock on Kruger at all. And you know what? They would be smart to keep Kruger on because he knows the system. He knows the kids. He knows the players. He knows he knows everything about the school. I mean, it would be a smart hire to keep him on, but who knows? Those are what the guys that I'm hearing. Let's go to UMBC, and I'm doing this in terms of what I think would be uh, – the most high-profile jobs.
1: So you're um, building to a crescendo.
0: Yes. Yes, A I lot am. like, they do, on no no like they do on Little Einsteins. No do a
1: Little Einsteins. I love that.
0: UMBC, <laughs> I would think, we only have three more job openings, UMBC, Princeton, and UVA. Yeah. UMBC, I've heard the last week they did a lot of damage on interviews, whether that be phone or in person, but I've got four names for you. Okay. I've got Bobby Benson from Johns Hopkins. He, he'd be great. I've got Kevin Conry from Maryland. Great. He would be great.
1: He's earned it.
0: I've got Ryan, the new man, married man, Wellner.
1: He'd or be great, maybe, too.
0: He would be. And last but not least, I've got Kip Country Club, Kip Turner.
1: Wow. I love yes. Kip Country Club. He's yes. one of my favorite. Kip is one of the best guys.
0: I'm going to release this on air. Uh, Kip's real name is Quinton. Yes. That's good. Yes. So uh it's Quentin. But anyway, uh we've got Kip Turner, Wellner, Conry, and Benson. And I, I don't think
1: they can go wrong. Those that's four really good candidates for that job, huh? I
0: mean guess what though? UNPC is a good job. It like, is. You're if it's a good job, you're gonna get great candidates. That's how I always feel. If it's yeah. a good job, you're going to get great candidates. If it's a great job, you're going to get an amazing kid. If it's the best job, you're going to get all world Bill <laughs> <laughs> It's true. Right. It's right. true. Uh, so that's what I have for all the uh, – and in terms of the guys, what I think have a heads up in this, I think Ken, Kevin Connery has the biggest heads up. The one thing I, I, I worry about Kevin Connery uh, – not, not for him. Who gives a shit about what he he's, – he's sitting on a Final Four, another national championship run – um, what I think is, is that if UMBC really wants any one of these guys, they've got to pony up big money. They've also got to like open up in terms of admissions. Not that UMBC has that difficult admissions process, but they've got to open up on facilities. That's a big deal. I know they did a great job in refurbishing that whole locker room area on the other opposite side. But they've literally got a press box that no one's been in for the last two and a half years because it's been condemned. I mean, they've I love got that the, place though. It's got AC in there. It does. Well, yeah, but you can't see anything because it's so high up. So you have to sit in the cooker down in the field. The field turf's been there for, I don't know, twenty-five thousand years. Um, so they need some like revamp. And and if they're gonna prove from Bobby Benson, who's coming from the only Division One sport in his entire school, Kevin Connery, who just went to a national championship, Ryan Wellner, who's from the Naval Academy, and they get whatever they want, albeit under government standards uh, at any time, but right. they certainly pay out very, very well. And Kip Turner, who's sitting on a gold mine, who's been with uh, Lars Tiffany for how many years now? I mean, at least as long as I've been with you at Dartmouth. I mean, right. probably back in 08, 09, probably. I don't know, somewhere around there. I mean, yeah. he's been there for a long time, so you've got to prove... That you can bring in those guys both on a facility standpoint, monetary standpoint, scholarship standpoint. You're going to give all these guys the same thing. If not, you can't give these guys the same thing you have at their current spot. They're not going to do it. They would never do it. So that would be my thing. I've got Princeton rumors and I've got five names. So, So
1: before you go on, oh, yeah, sorry. Who do you think gets it? It's a great. I think call. it's Kevin. Con- I think Kevin Connery's the one that the, the one that they'll. I offer. just
0: not. I'm not sure Kevin Connery takes it. That's what I, I, I. Basically, the whole point that I just made was basically stating I'm not so sure that UMBC is going to get there with Kevin Connery because Kevin Connery, as he should, should demand the world. Right. And I'm not. And if he comes to a compromise, well, great. But you, Man, but, but you agree that
1: Kevin Connery? I mean, just he's in terms the first of body. He's the yeah. Off. He's got to be the first offer. He's the
0: first offer. How uh, about? Yeah,
1: go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. So let's just let's just backpedal just a little bit. Who's the first
0: offer at Vermont? My first offer would be Brundage, and yeah. in a lot of ways, it would be because you just learned how to start a program from scratch. Yeah, and we're willing to do the same thing here at Vermont.
1: Smart. And, I, I, like, I like your thinking there.
0: And you know, from that standpoint, we got we got a brand new indoor facility, which Marquette doesn't have. So we're already one leg up on Marquette. The only thing we don't have that Marquette has is a big-time basketball program. But what we do have is a big-time hockey program. We have a big-time hockey program. We're about an hour and a half, less than an hour and a half away from uh, the lacrosse capital of the world. And, yes, I will say that because until the USA puts themselves back on top, Canada will still be the number one lacrosse place to get talent. Mm -hmm. So from those two standpoints, I think Brundage is the number one go-to. We're going back to Princeton. We've got five names. Mike Daly, mm-hmm. head coach at Tufts, which, to be honest, he's been on the list of almost every Ivy League opening ever since he started at Tufts, winning national championships. Yeah, His salary at Tufts must be $1.5 million. <laughs> <laughs> Good for him. <laughs> yeah, right. Good that, for him. Exactly. The next name, Joe Amplo at Marquette. Mm-hmm. And a school like Princeton could... Absolutely lure a guy like Joe Amplo. Third name, Ryan poly from BU. Mm-hmm. And his experience at Yale, again, during that whole deal where they're winning Ivy League championship, Ivy League championship, that is a big deal. On top of the fact, he's proven that at a school like BU, he can win. He can win. And it's impressive what he's done in such a short time as, again, amplo uh, fourth name Sean Natalyn we've been saying at least I've been saying Sean Nadalin's name this whole mm-hmm. time and Sean mm-hmm. Nadolin, Uh, the one thing that kind of bothers me about Sean Natalyn and certainly doesn't make me feel comfortable that he's going to take the job is that Sean Allen went into the Baltimore Sun and I mentioned this in our last podcast or a couple podcasts ago he went into the Baltimore Sun and literally did a three-page article on why he was going to stay one more name for okay. you Kevin Cassis Uh And that's, that's not a surprising name because one, Kevin Cassis is known to have an agent and he's, if, if that's the case, he's the smartest guy in all of college across. And I say that because all these guys have contracts, most of them, especially the newer contracts that have come out that prevent them from actively searching for quote unquote better jobs. Um and so from having an agent, I mean that will put you in the mix because the agent can call anyone at any time. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. And so uh, that like definitely changes things for me. But Kevin Cassis has earned him a lot of interviews. He's done a great job at Lehigh. I remember as a Dartmouth player, we went down to uh to Haverford School, and we played Lehigh down there. And it was after a six and a half hour bus ride, and we literally did not, we didn't even get a night over. I mean, we just woke up from the bus, got on, got dressed, and walked out there and beat Lehigh by eleven goals. You know, those were the days when you could literally wake up, hangover, hungover, and beat a Quinnipiac team. Those right. days don't exist anymore, and it's a Absolutely. large part due to Kevin Cassis and a, a bunch of other coaches. I'm not, I'm not, you know. It's a lot of other coaches, but Kevin Cassis has been big in that.
1: He's yeah, uh, so he's done, he's, done he's, he's earned, he's earned the right to interview. Anywhere. Oh, I, I, I agree. I mean, it, it, the timing hurts him just a little bit because, sure. he, you know, it, had it been two years ago when they beat Maryland and they, you know, had some other beat Carolina down at Carolina, you know, he would almost be a no-brainer. Right. Um, so the timing isn't ideal for him, but I agree with you 100%. I think he's Uh, done a great job and he's earned the right to be you know in the conversation as the next coach anywhere
0: let's go to the uh crescendo of the whole thing yes yes i got three candidates for you but i also have three sub candidates because there's not a lot of rumors i think there's a lot of info going one way yep the whole time but i'm going to give My three non-rumors guys that I think that UVA should have talked to, if they haven't already, is my three three guys are Toomey, Soul, and Tillman. Those are my three guys. I do not know if they've contacted them. I do not know if they should contact. Well, I do think that they should contact them. Mm -hmm. My thing is, is Charlie Toomey has proven he's won a national championship, brought his team again five years later back to a Final Four. Uh What a stud! Soul has brought Navy back out from where Richie Meade put them and then, you know, went down and then now Ricky souls back into the national tournament Mm -hmm. into the quarterfinals. And then you got Tillman, but I also think, you know, I mean, Tillman, we just talked about being potentially the coach of the decade. I think that Tillman is at one of the most powerful institutions. When you talk about lacrosse scholarship, money location, like everything, I mean, you know, Syracuse is, you know, people like, Oh, upstate, you know, blah, blah, blah. They got all that connection, but it's a Mm -hmm. public university You go down to Maryland and all of a sudden they're giving dollar amounts to these kids who are studs and they're paying literally everyone in that squad is paying less than 10 grand a year to go to college for four straight years. Right. Um, So I think that that's a powerful place to be, but let's get to the guys who are truly where I've heard the rumors in the mix. You've got your boy, Lars Tiffany mm-hmm. second one is Andy Shea at Yale, mm-hmm. but I've heard nothing more than one name this whole time, which is Kevin Corrigan. Now we, I talked on LSN and they wanted to talk about Dom and his departure. And I would say this, and I said this on LSN, I said, anyone who has a job opening, or doesn't have a job opening should be giving Dom a call just to say, Hey, what's up? Right. Uh, just because he is who he is. And if he had any interest in, job, you know what I mean? If you're wavering at whatever, it doesn't matter. You just need to be educated on the sport. You're going to call Dom Stargia, Right. But my thing with this is, you know, you got Shea, you got Lars. Corrigan, Kevin Corrigan has the only name. I mean, Listen, his dad is getting aging. the job.
1: He's gonna take the job. That's what's gonna happen. He is gonna take <laughs> I mean, the job. We're, 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 we're both getting inside information that he's, he's getting. gonna take the job. And he's the thing is the job. it it, it yeah. puts the puts the pecking order, just so
0: everyone understands he has to, to take the it. pecking order out there. You and I can argue about one, two, three, four, five. But as 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 bad as it sounds, it's Notre Dame is not in the top five. No, no, in the cross, it's not, and I know they. And that actually proves that they've done a great job at Notre Dame. That's what I think.
1: Yeah, they think they have done they have done an yes. awesome job. They just haven't they haven't won the final game, you know. And and they've been close, but they've they've really taken Notre Dame and made them an elite program, and they are. Um, but I, there's no question that they're not Virginia. No, you know, and 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 you you can get kids at Virginia that you're not going to get at Notre Dame. I just you're 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 right there. It's not one of the top four teams right. or four schools that can basically make a call last minute and say, "Hey, Ryan, why don't you not go to that school and come down here to Charlottesville?" Right. And you're going to say, "You know what, Coach? I thought I wanted to go to your school, but I'm going to Charlottesville." <laughs> it's true. <laughs> It's absolutely true. So many sundresses. I mean, that's
0: that's what so many sundresses in good weather. I mean, that's that's your problem. That's your problem in men's lacrosse. Uh, So, like, for everyone that says, like, Notre Dame's a top five in our sport, a top five school, this move from Kevin Corrigan proves that it is not. I agree. And at his age, too. Now, I think that the one drawback to Kevin Corrigan going to UVA is his age. And I don't disagree with that. I think, what is he, 57? Probably. And, you know, you look at, you know, a recruiting class right now 2019. By the time they're seniors, it's 2023. Kevin Corrigan is right back to Dom's age. So the first full class that he has of his own recruits Mm -hmm. will be Right at the time that he decides that, you know, is another four years going to be, I mean, when do you stop? I mean, how many 70-year-old coaches do you see out there these days? That That's my point. So how many recruiting cycles do you get? And so that's the big argument. Otherwise, I mean, that's that's Dom's biggest hurdle. Otherwise, who cares about age? You're going to hire Dom immediately. Excuse me. Right. But, you know, so, I mean, that's, that's the thing. So I've only heard one name. I've heard Kevin Corrigan. And Kevin Corrigan, personally, I think is going to take the job. You already know. Me too. Me too. I think he's
1: already taken it. (laughs) I
0: think his bags are packed. In fact, I think his bags were packed like two years ago. And and I know that uh, Jerry Burns' entire office has been in boxes to move into Kevin Corrigan's (laughs) office for the last couple years as well. Very true. Because I will tell you this listen, I don't care what anyone thinks about anything. Jerry Byrne deserves Notre Dame if Kevin Corrigan takes that job, and I don't care what anyone
1: says. That's right.
0: He deserves it. He should get it. Um, but uh, that's that's all we got for college coach job rumor things. You Got anything else, AT? No, that's it's it. Been, it's been a late Sunday night. It we're, is.
1: We're... We got four straight day, four straight days with Pete Dante out in Palm Springs, and my eye black is packed. The orange <laughs> cones are packed. <laughs> And uh, I'm frankly I'm nervous. Maybe I just gotta say I'm nervous. You, you should be nervous. <laughs> I wish I
0: got the invite. I never got an invite plus one. I would have got I would have loved. Listen, uh, tell Pete. Tell Pete I'm pissed. I'm yeah, pissed. I will let him know. Thank you. Thank you. That's know. all I ask. Tell him I, I'm pissed. If I get a text, I'm totally fine from now right, on. We'll but be listen. checking in. You know I know. We'll you. Maybe, I know. Maybe, time time maybe,
1: maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll do a a satellite podcast. With the count out there, we can get it done. It'd be really good.
0: You know what? Satellite Podcast, when there's a coaching announcement, Monday, Tuesday, because we already know it's going to happen.
1: Done. Done. All right, perfect.
0: Uh, as always, that's a wrap-up on the show. Uh, you can check us out on Twitter, at InYourFaceLaxCast. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes. That's it for today. Uh, as always, enjoy your week of summer. I'm sure Club Lacrosse and every all the state tournaments are wrapping up for you guys. Uh, good luck to everyone. And uh, we'll be back next week. Thanks very much.